This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. You're listening to Trek FM. T.L. Grey Hot. Listeners, this is Amy Nelson, and you are listening to a supplemental of Earl Grey. This is a very exciting time. We have excellent news, and here with me, I have. We'll just go around. We have Bruce Gibson from Literary Treks, Brandon Shamutella from Wart Five, Justin Ozer from Earl Grey, Dan Gunther from Literary Treks, Mike Schindler from The Edge. We have Haley Stoddart from Standard Orbit, and Zach Moore from also Standard Orbit. No, all right. Anyway, so listeners, we had some amazing news, which I was screaming up and down, jumping, and anyway, so let's get to it. Justin, tell us about this amazing news that we got here exclusive at Star Trek Las Vegas. Yes, it was announced just a couple of hours ago that Patrick Stewart will be back as Jean-Luc Picard. It'll take place 20 years after Nemesis. There weren't really too many other details, but it was clear that Patrick Stewart is excited for this opportunity to return as Picard. There's no script, but we do know some of the people that are involved, and we'll talk about our thoughts on it. But it's it's big, big news uh, here for Star Trek, uh, probably in the world, because I think this goes outside of just people being interested in Star Trek, but lots of people have been affected by The Next Generation and Picard over the years, so it's a big deal, and we're just going to talk with you about it today. All right, so we're just going to go around the room. I want to hear everyone's thoughts, your first initial reactions to hearing this news, and Bruce. So my reaction was... I was excited to see Patrick Stewart walk out. I was watching it thinking, okay, who are they, who's Alex Kurtman going to bring out? He's announced somebody's walking out to and make well, the announcement. This was Alex's first convention. This was Alex's, yes, Alex's, so he's the showrunner of this. Awesome to have him. Then. Yes, Alex Kurtzman came out, talked just briefly and said, we're going to have this big announcement, but it shouldn't be me that makes the announcement. And then Patrick Stewart walks out. And everybody freaks out. You golf clap Patrick Stewart's announcement. Oh my goodness. I didn't scream, but I tweeted furiously. Yes. <laughs> so my first reaction was, yay! My second reaction was, the rumors were true. Because I wasn't, if I hadn't heard any rumors, I probably would have passed out. Because it would have been so shocking. But because I heard things, I was like prepped, like, oh, so it's true. And then my next thought was, are they going to bring the TNG cast out? Yeah. Or, and this is what I was kind of hoping for, William Shatner come out yes. 
And it would be something where Jean-Luc goes and gets Kirk and through some time loop or something. I thought that would be cool. But that's what my reaction was. Brandon. Uh, I was very darn excited. I was sitting behind Jim Morehouse, and when he came out, and the way that Alex Kurtzman was talking, I patted Jim Morehouse in the back, and I'm like, Patrick Stewart. And Jim Morehouse was like, no way, no way. And he came out, and we just, we squealed. Like, we screamed so loud. And as he was talking, like, I had... <laughs> I'm... I'm <laughs> Had tears in my eyes, like this is, this is so good. I'm just come back. Yeah, it was a very emotional moment, I think, for a lot of people um, in the room and outside of the room. And uh, actually, from my initial reaction, because there'd also been rumors that Nick Meyer was doing something with Khan, I was like, oh, maybe it's Nick Meyer. And then I'm like, that doesn't look like Nick Meyer. That's Patrick Stewart. Oh, my God. You know, it was it was just almost like a surreal moment because you heard these rumors and it's like, yeah, yeah, rumors, rumors, who knows what's going to happen. And then actually seeing it happen and like the thunderous applause and the reaction from people was incredible. I think it's like the one thing that they could have announced that would make people most excited. So I think it was it was just wonderful and I'm just so 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 happy. I mean, like whatever the story is going to be, however it's going to be, Patrick Stewart is amazing and we'll have a lot more new stuff for the next generation to talk about which is which is incredible i think i high-fived you amy shortly afterwards like yeah that's the one so anyway that was kind of my reaction uh dan thank you yeah uh i was incredibly excited uh like i said i was tweeting furiously because i'd promised that i'd be live tweeting the event it was really hard to actually start tweeting it because I wanted to just drink in the moment and to kind of echo um, Brandon's feelings and stuff uh, I got really moved when he started talking about what the next generation meant to a lot of people and especially with a lot of the trying times that are happening and how people can get so depressed and then pull Star Trek the next generation off the shelf and kind of him using that as motivation to decide to take on the role again, I thought like that was really moving to me. And I'm so incredibly appreciative to uh, the people that brought that role to him to give him the option and the fact that he had the chance to say yes to it and that we're getting more Picard. I'm just so excited. <laughs> Picard is back. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, Brandon, yesterday we were sitting right here in this room and we were like, let's talk about film projection because we know there isn't going to be any new Star Trek news because we're at a Star Trek convention. And then today when, Zach, you messaged that photo, it was, I think it was you, right? It said, like, Alex Kurtzman will be on stage for a special. I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to announce this Picard show, which I joked about last week on a podcast saying, like, it'd be awesome if this exact thing happened. And I knew that it would never happen. And there it happened. And to be in the room when it happened. So we have you to thank. No, I mean, it was out there. Like, it was. You flew and you saw Patrick Stewart. I said this on this podcast. Make it come. Yeah, make it happen. Yeah, make it so. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, I think everyone knew this was going to happen. I mean, they weren't just rumors. They were, you know, substantiated reports from legit news outlets. This was going to happen. But I don't think anyone thought it was going to be announced at the Star Trek convention in Las Vegas. That doesn't happen. And it happened. It should happen. It's cr- it should. Every year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I was, oh my gosh, I couldn't, I didn't have the words. I still don't really have the words. Uh, when 
I was actually beforehand, I was hanging out with uh, some other podcasters that I know, my other loves, and they were like, okay. And Bill said to me, he said, all right, what do you think is going to be the news? What do you think this announcement's going to be? And I said, it's going to be Patrick Stewart. And he went around and he went to everybody else who was right there. And I was the only one who said Patrick Stewart. And so I looked over at him and I'm like, I called it. And I was sitting next to a friend of mine and I didn't realize he's older and so he grew up on TOS and I didn't realize he was just as excited as I was. And he was screaming and jumping up for joy and clapping just like everybody else in the audience. I think the thing that got me the most was when Patrick Stewart said that he has been sitting down and watching TNG for the last six months. That I think, yeah, (laughs) and I think that is absolutely amazing because so many of these actors, you know, we get up in the audience and you hear the questions of, oh, do you remember when you said this in this episode? Well, these guys just worked on the show. They didn't watch it. And for him to go back and now be watching that, it makes that connection to the fans and the people who say this episode or, you know, this show saved my life or this show meant a lot to me. I think it makes it that much more meaningful for him. And I still am just, I can't believe it. When he said that, when Alex Kurtzman said, oh, I can't can't talk about it. Someone else is going to come out and talk about it. And I'm thinking, who's going to come and talk about it? And then it was Patrick Stewart. And we didn't know he was going to be here. So that was just, oh, my gosh. I was screaming with absolute joy. Zach. I'm glad I'm going last because, like, I could could literally talk about this for an hour with that. So I'm glad you guys scheduled it. No, but I, uh, first of all, Patrick Stewart, right? the best actor ever involved in Star Trek, right? I mean, let's, yeah. I would arguably, you know, especially main cast member, right? Uh, so to have him back in any capacity is great. People are lukewarm on that, apparently. He's awesome. <laughs> I got you. No, I follow you. But I mean, just to have, to have him, uh, to have him return to Star Trek one, is just mind blowing. And then to have him, like, like you said, right? It's ridiculous that we all know, like, well, we're not going to get any big news here in Las Vegas. We'll wait till the CBS conference here or San Diego Comic Con there. I mean, that's happened in the past. Yeah. Press release, right? Like for Discovery, it was like, oh, a new show's coming. We don't know the name, and it was just like a press release. But to actually do it at a convention is amazing. I don't know if you guys know any of like the history, but has it happened before that a new series was announced like at a Star Trek convention? No, no. as far as we know, which is incredible just to be there in that moment right yeah, yeah. Totally. And, and i told some of you guys this already like when they when they make the blu-ray or a documentary about this in the future they will show that clip from this convention and you'll hear us like yeah. you know like i stood up i was like yeah it's like you know it's crazy it's like it's like you, you, we kind of expected it but then when it happened it was still like mind-blowing at the same time because it, uh, the key to me was patrick Stewart wasn't supposed to be here this year no, so to see him yeah. if he was you're like oh here he comes you know whatever but since you knew like oh it's him now here you know it was big time and just the possibilities are very exciting about this and i'm just um uh you know for having and we're, we're picking it for the first time after nemesis which is great so that this whole now i, I am curious and, and literary i'm glad you literary guys are here we talk about this uh, I'm curious to see if they do a, a Star Trek Legends with the uh, with the books because we've had because they're like okay guys we know there's not going to be any more Star Trek now so do whatever you want let's have a let's have a an expanded universe which all connects and there's there's logical times and all this for all the characters it's not like the 90s or just random books about anything so are they going to wipe all that away but it's so far in the future they could probably you know write a book that explains why everything changed from what you knew to the new status quo um, and then and then you know and then to, to, to what you guys were saying like the most powerful thing to me was when he was like. But Jean-Luc Picard is back. And everyone's like, yeah! Yes. And, the, and then he kind of soaked in the reaction for a minute. And then he's like, whatever else happens over the next few years, this is worth it right here, this reaction. So, I mean, that was that was a great – that was a pretty good Picard, wasn't it? I thought yeah. so. Yeah. Um, so. So, anyway. 
he was he was emotional. He was emotional. So so I, I'm very interested, and, and we can kind of all run through it here. I don't want to like, – we've got a lot of us here. I don't want to take all the time. But what does this mean for all the other characters, right? Uh, are they going to – got to at least see somebody at some point. It can't just be Picard the whole time by himself. Because there's no, there's no series. There's no, I mean, I'm sorry. There's no script. There's just <laughs> – yeah. There's just, there's just concepts and stuff. So I think – I think what we'll see is we'll see, all right, they're going to tell the best story first, and if they can fit in the other cast, who can come back, who was interested in coming back, who will make sense for the story. I don't think it's going to be round up the crew, we're getting on the Enterprise again. It's going to be different. He said, Picard's going to be different. It's going to be very different what you've seen before. Yeah, he's not going to be a captain anymore. May not be a captain. Remember, because Kirk told him to never take promotion, so he took that to heart. That's why Jamie got to be an admiral before Picard for some reason. So, um, but anyway, I, I'm very—I mean, I grew up in the next generation. There's something about seeing when when we're in the age of like bringing back stuff you loved with the actors, right? I mean, we get Terminator, RoboCop, whatever, Halloween, right? Uh, Logan, Logan, exactly. This is just like Logan. The reason you care about Logan is because you've been with these characters for 17 years or whatever it was, and. And like, like TOS, right, the Stan Rubber guy here, it's great to see the Kelvin Timeline movies. The, the stuff that got me the most was seeing Spock again, right? Seeing Leonard Nimoy. When I heard him speak the first time, I was like, oh, my God, it's Leonard Nimoy back at Spock. That's what this is. You're seeing these characters you grew, characters and the actors who play them. You grew up watching, and they're back, and, and I'm very excited. And, uh, and I, you know, I just want to say, you guys couldn't see it here, but Brandon, man, Brandon had a real moment right then. We got, like, he got, that is, this is, that was great, man. That's, that's real emotions going through your veins right now. I mean, all of us here, but, man, good. Yeah. It's a good stuff, so. Thanks for giving me a second to recoup. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to start up again, but you know, Next Generation is not my favorite Star Trek, right? And but I love it. I love all of Star Trek, and it is the Star Trek that really got me into Star Trek. It is the the thing, and so I think that's why this is hitting me so hard. It's because this is the beginning for me. It's Alpha and the Omega, and it's like it's come back. And I'm like, I <sighs> sorry guys, holy smokes. I really don't know why this is hitting me so hard. Like, but I'm so excited for this because it's like legitimacy for the fans. It's legitimacy for the franchise. We've had so much time over the last 15 years of like nothing. Like they don't, it feels like they don't care about the fans, right? Because we've had nothing. They, Star Trek has been treated like a redheaded stepchild from CBS and Paramount. You know, they've, they've, they haven't done anything. The 50th anniversary was nothing. There was, they had the announcement of Discovery, and that was it. We got nothing during the 50th anniversary. We got really no cool products. We had no cool anything. You know, like Doctor Who had a huge event. You know, Star Wars 40th had big things going on. Star Trek Beyond. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> that was really good. Yeah, so, sure, we had Star Trek Beyond. Anyways, so... Um, but, like, now here's the thing that, like, now I don't want to be a wet blanket. Like, I'm sure you guys can feel the emotion in this, that I'm excited for this, okay? But, I mean, you know, when they were talking about this as a rumor, I'm like, I don't want to see Picard back. I don't want to see Picard back in Star Trek. When, when Last Jedi came out, when Force Awakens came out, like, I did not want to see Luke, Leia, and Han Solo. Because these people are, in my opinion, they were too old to be those characters again. When Kirk came out in Star Trek VI, that's 25 years later. And to me, that was almost too long. Okay, And with, with The Force Awakens, that's 40 years. That's a long time. So I didn't want to see these characters. Now, Picard, this is 30 years after the character's been created. And I mean, like, I want to see new Star Trek. I want to see new characters. I want to see the expanded universe. But 
again, this is hitting me really hard. And I think the thing, part of it is what Patrick Stewart was saying in that this, it's going to be Picard, but he is going to be different. People have, people's lives change. People have events that happen. I don't want to see Picard in, in the captain of the Enterprise because 20 years have gone by. That would be ludicrous if he was the captain of the Enterprise for, for 35 years. You know, something could happen. He could be, you know, I don't know if he's upset, he's angry with Starfleet, like whatever's going to happen, we don't know. We're going to see the story and we're going to see it happen. Is this, we, and then the speculation begins. Is this a miniseries? Is this a new series? Is this a special event? Is this a, what is this going to be? We don't know. We have, but I've got all these thoughts going in my head. And it's hard to process everything and it's hard to try and get my thoughts comprehensive and whatnot. And sorry to the listeners, I think I'm calm now. I think I'm not going to cry anymore. But like this, this hit me hard, and I'm I'm excited for this, and I just feel a sense of legitimacy as a Star Trek fan right now that I have not felt since Enterprise has gone off the air. You know that I have not felt that legitimacy as a Star Trek fan, like the company has cared about Star Trek as a property. Um, I can uh, based off that, like I will I will say this, like even. Even if you don't necessarily love, I'm not saying blindly buy everything a company puts out for a property you like, right? But I will say this: if you support what they're putting out, they'll give you more of what you want, right? We went and we supported the Kelvin Timeline movies that showed there was an interest in Star Trek in some capacity that helped them like look at TNG and we got TNG on Blu-ray, right? I mean that's I mean there's not a direct A to B, but there there's a factor there. Discovery came out, was popular, you know, people people are buying CBS All Access. That said, okay, that we can make more money now. What else? Oh, they're looking for this. Let's let's explore some more Star Trek projects. Now we're getting Picard. Might get some more. So and even if you don't necessarily love every last thing, support the franchise and the franchise will support your fandom. But I totally feel where you're coming from there, Brandon. So I don't might get something. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say, like, I, I can totally understand the emotion because I felt, you know, a similar thing with Star Wars and Force Awakens where I think the thing to me was like I mean, I saw, you know, Star Wars when I was two years old. I've literally grown up with these characters. And when, you know, Han Solo showed up on screen along with Chewie, I got really emotional because you, you've you grown up with this franchise. And same is true for Star Trek. And now you see these characters in a different place, like you're saying. And you are basically they're no longer stuck in time just like you aren't and there is something about that about like returning to you know sort of old friends in a very specific way not just revisiting them like the kelvin timeline but seeing them grow as you have grown there there is something about that which is extremely emotional yeah like these these are the characters this is picard you know like whatever people think about the Kelvin timeline, whether they love it or not, right? Like those aren't the exact same characters. There's a difference there. And if they're continuing on, this is the Picard that I grew up loving, you know? And again, I've got that, I've got that conflict about like, is he too old to play this part? I know everybody makes the joke that he drinks vampire blood and children's blood so that he doesn't age, right? You know, things like that. You know, you see those pictures on the, you know, he is getting older. He does look older, right? He, and he, there's, there's only so long that he can play this. I don't want to see William Shatner as Captain Kirk again. You know, like, I don't want to see that, right? But, okay, Picard, that might be different. But see, here's the difference, I think, between this and, let's say, Star Trek Six, which, granted one of the best movies ever made, okay? But the thing with William Shatner's approach to, you know, playing Captain Kirk 25 years later was 
I can still do this. And the, the thing about Patrick Stewart's approach, and we just saw this with Logan, we just saw what this could be, you know, is I'm older and this is different and this is a new challenge and I'm not going to be out there fighting Sauron or whoever, you know, I'm just going to do my thing. I mean, someone was talking about like, oh, it could be, you know, him alone in a room. Like if this was like the secret honor, but, you know, with with, uh, you know, Patrick Stewart as Captain Picard, that would be the best movie in the history of movies. So afterwards, uh, I was talking with a friend and he grew up with the original series, you know, not when it first aired, but in syndication and But at the same time, he says, TNG and Captain Picard were my favorite. And I was talking to him about this, and I said, you know what it is? I think what it is is there are people who emulate Kirk, and they love Kirk, but he's a character. And they don't necessarily maybe love Shatner. But I think Picard and Patrick Stewart embody almost the same qualities and characters. And I think that's why, Brandon, why you had an emotional response. I had a very emotional response. I wasn't, I didn't get to tears, but I could feel it. Because we have grown to love this person. We love the character, but I think we also love the man just as much as we love the character. At least that's how I feel. And my friend was like, you know, you're right. You know, I love Patrick Stewart and I love what he does and I love the work that he does, but I also love Captain Picard too, just as much. And for me, that's that's the emotional connection right there, aside from me growing up on TNG. It's actually not an emotional response, I actually just have gas. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to say a few things. So like what you were saying before, Brandon, you know, Patrick Stewart is 77 years old. Can he still do it and all of that? But I think there's something really important here, which is that like not every show needs to be like centered around a main character who's young, right? And I think that there is like so much value in the wisdom that people have as as they get older and valuing people who have had a certain life experience that you don't see enough because we have such a youth-based and centered culture. I mean, in a way, it was a big deal with the next generation that Patrick Stewart was already like 40-something years old and was kind of anchoring the series, but... But I think it's it's really important, and I'm really excited about because he w- Patrick Stewart was talking about, you know, Picard's had some life changing experiences, and this is what you will see the impact of that kind of 20 years later. I'm kind of fascinated to think about that, like taking what we've seen of Picard and his integrity and everything he's been through, adding some different layers to that and making it something different because it won't be like, oh, this is, you know, like another movie or like the eighth season of TNG. It won't be. It'll be something different. And I'm really looking forward to what they'll be doing with that. And also seeing someone anchor a Star Trek series who is older and see what that brings, because I think there's a lot of value to that. Um, I unfortunately do have to pop out of the discussion fairly quickly, but as one of the uh, hosts of Literary Treks, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk a little bit about the journey that Picard and the TNG crew have taken in the novels following uh, the end of Nemesis. And, you know, if, if this story, when this story takes a different path than those novels will take, because as we know, the novels are not canon and they're, nobody's going to uh, be beholden to some line in a book somewhere. They're going to do their own thing. And to me, all the power to them, I think, you know, their hands should not be tied uh, when creating their story. And I'll certainly be sad if that means that the current story in the novels uh, will be ending. 
Uh, but we do know in the short term it is actually continuing. We're getting a new novel set in that continuity, so hopefully they get an opportunity to tie that up really nicely. Or, like we'd said earlier, perhaps uh, a story that can build that bridge between that story and make it fit in uh, with what comes later in the in the whatever form this television show takes so uh, but I'm very excited either way for anything that they come up with and uh, man the idea of as seasoned and as amazing an actor as Patrick Stewart taking this role in a totally new direction it's just it gives me goosebumps and I'm just I'm shaking with giddiness so I'm so excited <laughs> yeah no thanks Dan and I yeah, he has to go read a book for literary treks, right? Exactly. <laughs> Have fun, Dan. Thanks a lot, guys. I really um, appreciate it. Yeah. So, I mean, just to add to that, though, like this series takes place about 20 years after Nemesis 2399, something like this. The books are currently about 2386, right, Bruce? Yeah. So, what year does Nemesis take place? 2379. Okay. Yeah. So, so there's no reason why it can't be the case that. Um, you know that that what's come in the books won't be contradicted is taking place 12 or 13 years later or whatever but like I, I actually wanted to ask everyone so Patrick Stewart said Picard may or may not be a captain right so I guess the question is what would you like to see Picard as would it be and I put a poll on Twitter about this like that we would Admiral Ambassador Commandant Starfleet Academy civilian something different so I'm just curious for everyone like what you would like to to see because we don't quite know yet like what that would be. Anyone want to start? Well, I don't know what I, <laughs> I just want it to be an interesting story. Uh, I really don't care if he's captain, admiral. I'm probably, if I had to pin it down, probably say ambassador only because in the countdown comics, it did establish him as an ambassador. As we know, it's not canon, but I like that play as not, you know, going through the ranks of Starfleet, but doing something more diplomatic uh, that involves other plans. Yes, and all good things. But see, that's the interesting thing is that while I understand that the Calvin Tyler movies are paramount, right? I mean, like they can address that and we may get references to what happens with the Romulan Empire, right? right. To tie everything together. Because you, you you know, while you may not be able to show those actors and whatnot, like you could still say, hey, you remember that event that happened in Romulus, you know, X years ago when their sun blew up? Like all you have to do is one line and even there it ties everything together, right? Mm -hmm. So and yes, as you were talking, I was thinking about the countdown Thomas because it does start with data and Picard, right? Yeah, data's the captain of the Enterprise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then uh and I think, um, you know, at STLV last year, they said that they had gotten some permission to play in the Kelvin timeline sandbox in the novels. So maybe there'd be something and maybe that has something to do with thinking about how this connect together. I don't know. But, you know, real quick, I, I think it would actually be more interesting if it's something where Picard has been captured and has been secluded for years or something. No, wait, now that sounds more like saying secluded like The Last Jedi. <laughs> you gotta be careful here but um it may be something he's really struggling with like you know maybe he's been on chronos for many years as in captivity and he gets out and it's a really dramatic role of having to deal with the after effects of that you know just something really dramatic i i have a feeling it will be something very dramatic because we're talking patrick stewart 
Well, there is also drama in Starfleet Academy. So coming at it, you know, I, there's jokes. Oh, he could be Boothby. Well, yeah, I mean, he he could definitely be at Starfleet Academy and training and, you know, giving those his wisdom and passing it on to the next generation. Uh, but I mean, I could see see him take that role where you know these kids uh, really need this guidance and his expertise, and he can share his stories, and you know be that critical teacher that changes lives, you know, and that are bringing you know people into Starfleet and sending them on their way. So, just as a teacher, I mean, I really don't think that'll happen, but it, it's something fun. Thank you, Amy. Um, I just passed me the mic. As for me, I uh, I think ambassador is the way to go. I think that's that's kind of what's in our, our like consciousness, just because of other alternate features and books and whatnot. What was he in Future Imperfect? Was he an admiral or was he an ambassador? He had like a had a really uniform. Uh, would you like to see Picard with a goatee? Anybody? Thumbs up. Well, mm-hmm. I would. Uh, yeah. So I, uh, I I I would go with ambassador. I know on Twitter I joke that he would be a, a musician and have like a band with his flute. But uh, I think that'd be cool. I think that they would play into Picard's diplomacy and all that stuff that he does. I, I do wonder. I like the you know. It's, I think you're kind of just threw it out there as a joke. But the Boothby idea is interesting, and they that seems actually very possible. I think because they, uh, the, you know, these shows, right? There's two ways they could go about it, right? It could be like Patrick Stewart starring Patrick Stewart and this person and this person, this person and this person, or it could be like Star Trek Academy with blah 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 and Patrick Stewart. As John Luke Picard at the end, right? So, but with an announcement this big, I I don't I don't think they would do that. I think I think we'd all feel cheated if that was the <laughs> if that was the case. So I like to see him as ambassador, and I have some thoughts on the other characters showing up, but but we'll I'll save those for when we pass it around the next time. What what do you think? Uh, yeah, I didn't even think about an ambassador. I thought more something along the lines of you know he's teaching at the academy. That was kind of where my thought went initially. An ambassador would be really great to see him as. I think that would be definitely a role that suits right up his character's alley and the growth and development that he had towards the end. Uh, a friend of my, someone who was sitting next to me, was like, maybe he's off and he's you know at the winery and he's just making wine and he's old Picard at the winery. So maybe that's an option. I don't know. <laughs> Year, what years all good things take place in? I know it's the I know it's an alternate future. I know it's not canon, but it's, um, really, so it's past Nemesis. If, if it's twenty, so twenty twenty three. Justin's looking it up, so I'll, let's see if I can figure it out for you. So twenty three sixty four is season one, so that's seven plus seven. That would be uh, twenty three seventy one is TNG season seven plus twenty five years from that would be twenty three. Oh, he's right. Twenty twenty three ninety. No, twenty five plus seven would one. Let's see the fu- y- yeah. Twenty so twenty three ninety six. So twenty three ninety six. So that's pretty. So so you're right. Mike's right. He's he's Mike's right. Math. Amy. <laughs> so so this is actually that's around the same time as this would be. So just throwing that out there. I want to see Jordy married to Leah Brahms, and I'll pass the mic over. And he, and he doesn't have a counselor, so. Wrong. Maybe no. he's married to her. What? Married to Deanna. Wild speculation. Riker got divorced. Hey, Michael. No, I mean, I think that that ambassador thing is, you know, cool or whatever. I mean, just, I mean, I, I don't really care. You know, I mean, it. 
I, but I, I think it is interesting in terms of like what they're going to take from the whatever. I mean, let's not forget that Kurtzman is one of the creators and he wrote, you know, Oh nine and they were heavily involved in the comics, the countdown comics. And then also you've got Kirsten Beyer involved. So she's certainly going to say like, well, you know what they're doing in the books and you know, so, I mean, I think everything's on the table even if they do decide to throw everything out. Well, haven't they been talking about remerging CBS and Paramount? It, it's not going to happen anytime like, soon. I don't know. Wasn't that a re- no, 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 there's, there's, yeah, there's, there's, there's a really long story behind that, but basically, like they were suing each other, and there's all kinds of animosity. It's not going to happen anytime soon, and. And like what 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 I see is with the announcement in June that they would have new series, CBS is deciding like this merger thing isn't going to happen. We're just going to keep going our own way. So I don't think the merger would happen anytime soon, because there's been like a ton of animosity between them. CBS was trying to dilute like the main shareholders' shares and like suits and counters. It's crazy, but it's probably not going to happen, unfortunately. I like that idea that you were talking about with the Academy series because they have mentioned that that's a possibility. An Academy he was series. Yeah, and they've been talking about an Academy series since before Star Trek VI. Like, it's something that's been around for an extremely long time, this idea. Yeah, I was actually going to mention that, too, because, yes, they are doing an Academy series, or at least they're developing it right now. They have creators on board. The OC guys are are doing it. The Gossip Girl, Girl, yeah, OC, Gossip Girl, Runaway, yeah, all those things. Um, they're, they're, They're developing this series, so that might be a way, even if he's not on it or whatever but it's like spin-off you know whatever i mean you know synergy right (laughs) corporate synergy it makes sense Uh, okay so i I think i mentioned before i had a poll on twitter ambassador is pretty much in the lead 32 percent for ambassador 32 percent for admiral 18 percent for commandant and starfleet academy 18 percent for other people had all kinds of interesting (laughs) things to say about it but like, what would I like to see the most? Um, married to a Horda. <laughs> married to a Horda, yeah, sure. But you I know what, like, to, to, to be honest, the way that I feel about it is, like, I, I trust in, like, Patrick Stewart's acting and where they've been, you know, taking taking things. I mean, I love Discovery, but um, I, I think that, like, I just kind of trust where it's going to go and I'm just going to, like, be happy for the ride if he's an ambassador, or an admiral, a commandant. He's retired and he's a civilian. He's, I don't know, doing whatever. I mean, at this point, 20 years after Nemesis, he's 94 years old. So, like, he's up there as Picard. But I think there's a lot that, that can be done. And to be honest, I would just be happy with any of it. I, just before we go on, I want to read uh, his statement. Yeah, okay. So, so Patrick Stewart's tw- uh, Twitter page says, It is an unexpected but delightful surprise to find myself excited and invigorated to be returning as Jean-Luc Picard and to explore new dimensions within him. Read my full statement here. And he says, I will always be very proud to have been a part of Star Trek The Next Generation, but when we wrapped up that final movie in spring of 2002, I truly felt my time with Star Trek had run its natural course. It is therefore an unexpected but delightful surprise to find myself excited and invigorated to be returning to Jean-Luc Picard and to explore new dimensions within him seeking out new life for him when I thought that life was over. During these past years, it has been humbling to hear stories about how the next generation brought people comfort, saw them through difficult periods in their lives, 
or how the examples of Jean-Luc Picard inspired so many to follow in his footsteps, pursuing science, exploration, and leadership. I feel I'm ready to return to I, I feel I'm ready to return to him for the same reason, to research and experience what comforting and reforming light he might shine on these often very dark times. I look forward to working with our brilliant creative team as we endeavor to bring a fresh, unexpected, and pertinent story to life once more. Patrick. Like, you know, and that's that's an optimistic future again. That's the optimistic future of Star Trek. You know, as much as I like dark shows, that's something about Star Trek. It's, it's the only science fiction franchise that is an optimistic future. No, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just sitting here verklempt. Um, I think it's amazing. I can, I can honestly say there wasn't necessarily a specific episode or anything from TNG, but having that show in my life, when I had it in my life, in my teens, was extremely important to me. Not a lot of people know um, my home life was not great. Uh, my parents were talking about getting divorced. Um, my dad started taking things out on me when I hit about 13, as well as my mom. And at 14, I was anorexic. I started high school at not even 100 pounds. And uh, I was pretty suicidal. And I remember thinking, I want to be on the Enterprise. I wanted to be Wesley Crusher. As much as people give him flack and, and make fun of the character, I was jealous that he was there and I was stuck where I was. And the end of the series was really, really hard for me to say goodbye to these characters that I had fallen in love with that were that family that I wanted to have that I didn't have. And so it's very moving for me that he has heard all these people tell these different stories of, of how much the show means to them and what it's done for them. And and through that and through watching it these last you know six months, that he says, okay, I can do this again because I know what it means to these people. And the fact that he's taken that to heart means a lot. Yeah, when he was talking about that we are going to have this, you know, sort of this Star Trek feel come back, like I was like, yep, bring me the Hilton in the skies back because that's what I want. All right, it's, it's, it's Marriott in space. Oh, you guys you guys misquote me making fun of you so often. <laughs> it's not Hilton in the stars. It's Marriott in space. That's what Ken and I said about the D. And I love the D, but I love the A more. But go on. But yeah, to, to have Patrick Stewart talk about Next Generation so fondly, and it just, it, it brought that hope back to me. And yes, I love Discovery, and it is darker, and you know, I, I search to find the hope in Discovery, but Next Gen was just always there. And so I am very happy. There is a palpable, like you can feel how this convention and how the people are there has it's changed like i was just walking out to go to the restroom and people are like high-fiving me and like can you believe this and i'm like um, do i know you but yeah this is awesome you know so i think it has really changed this uh convention and like Br brandon mentioned i wanted to you know talk about it again like 
we, the fans here, Star Trek Las Vegas, this is dedicated, the largest Star Trek convention in the world, and we never get anything. And so to have this and to have this surprise of Patrick Stewart is just amazing and so special to us as fans. Um, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram are just blowing up. And I think we all feel very honored and privileged to be here at this this, uh, time right now. I did want to ask uh, what uh, it seemed like Patrick Stewart was talking a lot about his role in this. So I was in my back of the mind saying, what about everyone else? Do you think that we are going to see others uh, maybe as a highlighted role? Um, I mean, of course, this is pure speculation. Uh, Justin. Well, actually, I wanted to go back for, for a moment because I think we've talked about Um, what the next generation means to people and I wanted to say thank you Brandon and thank you Haley for sharing your stories I know that it's not easy to uh, to do that (coughs) to be able to share it on something like a podcast or even with anyone else in person so thank you for doing that and this series has really impacted so many people and and we have talked about um, you know Picard because this is going to be a Picard series right but it's important to remember also that there are other characters that have impacted people um, in in really important ways I mean you could probably find a lot of people if you name each individual character that like Riker was important to them or Troy was important to them or LaForge was important to them or any Star Trek character really but just (laughs) or Pulaski was the most important character in the next generation according to Brandon but (laughs) um no, but I mean, it is important not to lose the focus on that. I mean, like, when when I think ab- about it, um, I would probably be happy to see, you know, any, any character. But um, I, I think it is important that because they have such a close relationship to see Beverly Crusher in some way. That's a very important thing. And also, you know, to have female representation in the series, who knows who's going to be in the series, but... That's the first one that comes to mind because I think they have like a really special relationship. And in the novels, they get married, they have a kid. What? In the novels, novels, yes. Zach makes fun of me for that because I mention them every time. But it's because they're great. But yeah. But anyway, that that that's the one that actually first came to mind was was Beverly Crusher. But I'm kind of interested to see, and I'll go this way to see what people think. I, I agree. I think the only other scene that we need to see, I'd like to see a scene where Deanna Troy's in her quarters, you know, and she wants to eat chocolate, and Data calls over the intercom, right? And she sighs because Data's there. And for those that aren't getting the reference, the uh, yeah, there two. we go. These are the voyages part two. Yes, so from Enterprise. These are the voyages plus twenty years. Plus twenty years. Um, <laughs> it's still in your head. No, okay, yes, I, I agree. And right, so I mean, like, I'm not the biggest person who's like shipper, shipper, shipper. But yes, Beverly and Jean-Luc are married in the novels, and I'm fine with that, whatever. You know, Beverly and Jean-Luc were married in the alternate future and all good things, and they got divorced, whatever. That's, that's like part of it. It's something that's a part of what's going on. There is a special connection in their relationship, right? Vash forever, but, you know, <laughs> let's see Vash again. Nella Darren um, forever. Nella Darren, okay, yeah, Nella too. But, um, you know, I would like to see all of the characters at some point in different roles like they don't need not all of them need to be in Starfleet people retire people move on people do other things some of them will be in Starfleet yes right Admiral Riker in the novels take a shot right so he's gone on to uh, to be an admiral right and we've got all these other characters that we've seen and these other careers that they've had 
And these are the things that I want to see. It, it, if it's on a ship, right? Maybe it's somebody's ship and he's the admiral that's, that's there. He's the ambassador that's there. We don't know. I want to see the characters. But again, I don't want to see them all together. Because that's, that's yeah, weird. They wouldn't all still be together at all. <laughs> yeah. So, but we don't know. Who knows what we're going to get? Yeah, I, it, it all depends on the story. It has to be a return of the other characters that fits the story and is not just shoehorned in and you're not questioning, wait, why is Jordy there? That doesn't even why make sense. Yeah, why is Worf? <laughs> Isn't he here? supposed to be on a space station? It really all depends on the story. But... Putting that aside, I think it would really be cool to see Riker and Troy show up on the Titan mm-hmm. to do something. Yes. I would love to see that ship. Titan on screen. Exactly. <laughs> so I guess the character would be the Titan, is what I want to see. Yeah, with Tuvok on, too. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, any of the DS9 or Voyager characters could even show up in this feature. So, um, yeah, that's. I'm kind of open to anybody, as long as it fits what the story is, where it's going. You know, I keep on thinking about. I mean, ever since I, since I, I heard about this this show, I was like, the cool thing about this is like you hear about like spinoffs all the time. Like, oh, this show's popular, and then we're going to take this secondary character and give them their own series. But this is different in that Picard is the lead of Next Generation, and now he's the lead of this solo thing, and it's very similar to Logan in that regard. Where you know, I mean. In, in a lot of ways. To friends and then the Joey spinoff? <laughs> no. He's not. No. That's. Okay. <laughs> his analogy, right? Maybe, it's, maybe it's Cheers and Fraser. It's not. It's not. But no, it's, seriously, though, it's not that, right? Like, Fraser was a completely different show because it wasn't. You didn't go open a bar is, in Seattle. But, but, but this is like a continuation many years later. It really is the next generation 20 years later, but you're following Picard somewhere else, right? Yes. And, but it's weird in that it's different. Just like Logan is different from an X Men movie. You know, it, it, it reminds me, I mean, the thing that you, you always think about is like there's Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, and then Tom Petty does his solo stuff, and you can't really even tell though which is which because he always brings back everyone from the heartbreakers to record his solo stuff but he still got that one guy whose name i forget the guitarist mike something i don't know who's always there right and it does make sense just like in logan where you had professor x there to support you know logan and the person who i keep on thinking of it, that just seems to make sense to me in some regard, depending on the story. But it really is like Troy, you know? I mean, that seems to be, I don't know, the character who he always, like, bounced stuff off of and everything like that. And she was the one who would be giving him advice in ways that no one else really could. And seeing as how this is not, like, a tactical situation, I really see her as being, like, the most valuable person for him to talk to now. So I would like to see Troy, assuming that this is, you know, what it seems like it's going to be. Amy agrees. I just got to add one thing here. So I already got the name of this here. Star Trek N2O. I'm sorry. Can I just say one more thing? I have no idea what that meant. But Oh, that was really freaking obscure. Okay. I know what you meant. 
But um, I would like to see, though, people who were involved in the show come back in some other capacity, like Jonathan Frakes directing, you know? I mean, stuff like that. LeVar Burton directing, for sure, you know? I mean, you could... <laughs> yes, yes, for sure, I, all that stuff. Or, or Brent Spiner writing or whatever, even though they've already got, like, 15 writers on here. So, yes, that that's that. And who had the picture of... Uh, Patrick Stewart and and uh, did you? Yeah, was that me? Jonathan Frakes, Jonathan Frakes and Patrick Twitter. Stewart. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. On Twitter. Can someone send that to me because that's super cool. I don't. Yeah. Anyway. Explain what it was. Uh, yeah. So uh, I was, you know, just trying to catch up on my Twitter feed apparently because all this news and it was just all Patrick Stewart stuff. Um, so Wilson Cruz and uh, Jonathan Frakes and Sir Patrick Stewart are in this picture, and Wilson Cruz, his reaction, okay, so I'm super excited about this person anyway, but his reaction is like everybody's reaction. He is, Patrick Stewart's kind of like leaning into Jonathan Frakes and kind of has his head down and is smiling, and Jonathan Frakes is smiling because he's just, and Wilson Cruz is like looking off to the right-hand side, and his face, he's just like screaming, and you can see the tears in his eyes because I'm guessing that's probably the first time that he's met Patrick Stewart. So, I mean, to meet Patrick Stewart is amazing. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't think it was Wilson Cruz who tweeted it. It was somebody else. It is on my phone. I'll look it up. Everybody's gonna look it up now. Um, I uh, yeah. I can I can go ahead and go and ahead. talk. Yeah. Who do you want to see? So uh, just to go down the list, uh, you know, I'd say I want to see Riker and Troy on the Titan. I end, I am gonna break novel continuity, guys, and I'm gonna say I would like to see the Titan be a Galaxy class ship because I think Riker always wanted to do the Enterprise. Um, but a new class ship is better. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, let's the, let's let's I I say I think I think. <laughs> I think what they might do is, is do like the, the Star Wars sequel trilogy approach where it's like, all right, guys, here's some concepts you guys are familiar with with the novels, but this is kind of what you're going to see on screen. Like, you know, you have Kylo Ren and Rey, but they're like really like Jason, Jane, Solo, for example. What did Byer involved in? Like, it, it was said, I think Ted Sullivan, who's a producer on um, Discovery, said on Twitter that Kirsten Byer, it was Kirsten Byer's brainchild, and, you know, she writes Voyager novels and big time into the novels. I, I would think if she's involved that she's going to try to keep consistency, but... This was Kirsten Byer's brainchild? That's what Ted Sullivan said. Okay. <laughs> I guess he didn't see that, but... Oh, oh, hold on. Found it. All right, listeners, if you want to find this picture, uh, Aaron Byers was actually the one who tweeted it. His Twitter handle is at A Byers, that's B-A-I-E-R-S, you can find it, and I absolutely think this is just brilliant. This is a, I retweeted it. I did retweet with a comment, so if you find mine, Trekkie01D, you can find it. Uh, just absolutely amazing. I think that that face, that reaction would is everybody. And thank you, Mike, for making me kind of want to cry again when you bring up Tom Petty. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. So to my point about Riker, though, this, look at this. Look at this moment, guys. As you look at it, it's 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 it's, it's Picard and Riker embracing. Of course, Wilson Cruz is freaking out, right? Like right. <laughs> yeah. yes. But he has. He's seeing he has the first of moment of Picard and Riker. Because I, I I always felt like you know uh, he Riker Riker and Picard didn't have. They had a very kind of just kind of static handshake. Like they should, should at least hug or something at Nemesis. And it's like they're going to leave. You know, I'd like to see a reunion there. But Justin has a point. No, I, I, 
I was going to say, like, I think one of the things that, you know, TNG fans have regretted for a long time. I know you love Nemesis, Amy, but it's not really like a good finale for the, the TNG crew like we got for Star Trek six with the TOS crew. But this like I, and I do hope they have cameos for some of the different actors, because this is an opportunity for us to help kind of tie things up a bit more and have more of a um like at some point it'll end some kind of fa farewell and they plan it that way instead of like oops this movie didn't do as well so oh well you know and and so i think that's one of the things that made me emotional as well like can have something that's a continuation and you can really like get what they deserve because you know if anything like tng is just as beloved as as the original series and a lot of people came into star trek for that and so i hope that we get something like that so yeah, that's the other thing I thought of when I heard about this was that it could be a proper ending, and that's something that we don't get a lot in genre stuff. I mean, the original series didn't get one until 1991, and all that stuff. Batman never really got one until The Dark Knight Rises, and you want to talk about, like, getting emotional? If you want me to start crying, like, when he's talking to Commissioner Gordon and he tells him about how, you know, sometimes a hero could be someone... Every time I think about that, I just start crying because I've been following this character for my entire life, and now finally he gets an ending. And that's what I'm hoping for, too, here, for sure. Well, I just thought, I love what you said. I love you said about Batman. That reminds me of, like, taking it to the animated universe, right? This this Picard show can be the Batman Beyond of the start. If you don't know what this is, Batman Beyond is an amazing a sequel to Batman the Animated Series which takes place in the future where there's old Bruce Wayne, he's retired, and he's a totally new cast of characters around him, but they sprinkle in stuff from the past. And this is the lightning uh, bulb that just went off my head now, light, light bulb, lightning rod, light bulb, whatever. Different things. So, yeah, this could be the Batman Beyond of Next Generation's Batman the Animated Series where Picard is the old man Bruce Wayne and he's surrounded by new people with, you, occasionally you see somebody from the past or whatnot. And that's my emotional, like, I get emotional, like Return of the Joker is like one of my favorite Batman movies. It's so amazing, so. Or... Shut up about that. <laughs> or P Picard is the Logan of the whatever, and it ends, but he doesn't, they don't kill him or anything like that. And then the Starfleet Academy series becomes the Batman Beyond of the franchise, okay. and he can still be Boothby afterwards. Oh, okay. right. As long as Batman is involved in some, some way, I think we're all happy. How do we get Max's Star Trek babies into this? We need to have the Star Trek Trek Stream animated series as well on Earl Grey many years ago. Well, I, you know, let me just finish on on the, on the crew there. I think I, I think you will see because the cast are such a tight knit group, right? They're friends. They're gonna want to be in there. They'll probably like push some weight around and want to be involved. So you will see every member of the 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 next gen seven, right? If you will. Sorry, Denise Crosby, you left too early. Uh, so. You'll see every member of the next Gen Seven in there. You'll see Riker and Troy. Probably, maybe sprinkle them in. Like, like you guys have said, they're not all on a ship. They're not all on an adventure together. Here's okay. Riker and Troy are in this episode. They're passing through, right? Worf is he an ambassador? Is he not? I don't know, but let's see him. You know, Michael Dorn. <laughs> Mike, Mike, he was just passing through. The he was just passing through. <laughs> I, I, you know, I actually kind of love that they keep that up from the Exit movies. Like, what are you doing here, Mr. Warp? Uh, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah, Jordy. Um, I, I, my, you know, I, I would really like to see this for Jordy. My favorite Jordy feature is in Timeless, where he's the captain of the Challenger, uh, a Galaxy class starship. See, if they gave me the Challenger, I'll let you have the Titan, not be everything's an alternate future. <laughs> it's this is an imaginary story, aren't they all? To quote Alan Moore. So I. Uh, I, I would like to see Jordy doing that. 
Yeah, there we go. Let's see some of those guys, right? I um, I think you could easily all these guys. Crusher, like you guys covered that with him, her, and Picard. Just so much is predicated on what they want to do. Like, if you, you want to have Picard in a relationship with Crusher, do they have a kid? I mean, at this point, what's going on, right? Or do you, where's does Wesley show up? See a traveler pops in somewhere, saves the day, do sex mocking at the end of an episode? I don't know. But Data, Data is the elephant in the room, I think. Do they do the B4 route? Do they resurrect him? How do they present him? Do they use CGI to DH him to make him look like he should uh, because he's a robot? Yeah, he just puts a giant gray streak in his hair. I mean, that, that's the thing. Like, I, I don't know what the uh, – here's the aging chip for the aging program. I, I, they'll, they'll find a way to write around it. But, again, I am I'm convinced that we'll see everybody from Next Gen, the, the main seven, maybe Wesley as well. Um, but they'll be sprinkled in throughout, and I think that's the proper way to do it. If they if they all try to round up them again for one last mention, that's that's just not – that's not what they should go for. And Patrick sort of said, look, this is going to be different. But I, but I guarantee you it's going to be great. And for him to come back to this, that shows you. Because he went into this like, I'm not doing this. Like, I love Star Trek. I love my time there. But it's over with, and uh, I'm done. And they somehow convinced him to come back, and it was worth his time. And I think that's that's everything. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I feel like that's an important point. I, when Nemesis ended, you have to think of the time. It was either going to be another TV series or another movie. And he was like, I'm not doing another TV series. I'm done with the movies, but now we have a whole new platform. The way things work now with CBS All Access, these over-the-top services. So now they're able to approach him with a mini-series. You don't have he to... He said series, so it sounds yeah. like he's, a regular series. It okay. could be a... But it's mini years. compared to 26 episodes. Yeah. yeah, he did also say, yeah. we'll see what happens over the next few years. Right. That was very interesting. Yeah. That. Right. Well, so, I, years, I interpret I, that as, it's going to take a couple years to get this out. What he also said is it's going to be coming to you very soon. No, he said yeah. I'll be seeing yeah, I don't know if it'll be if there are multiple seasons or not, but I'm sure. I'm sure he's a. They approached him with the idea of almost like a limited series, and then he can make decisions afterwards. But it can be a character piece that is a story arc, as opposed to episodic episodes like they did with the Next Generation. And I think that's something that probably appealed to the artistic side of him and the actor of him. Of oh, now I can do something different and really explore this character over multiple episodes as he's seen what they've done with Discovery with that overarching arch of episodes. So I think if anybody who was against the whole idea of CBL access, none of this would probably be happening. Well, that's the frustrating thing with Phantoms. There's already people tweeting on our Trek FM tweet, like, oh, I'm another show I'm not going to watch because it's on CBS All Access. And it's like, give me a break, people. This would like, not have give happened me a on network TV or syndication. Exactly. Well, like, this is why this is happening, you people. And that's what I was saying earlier, where it's just like, look, like, so you might not love Discovery. I'm not I'm not, I'm not, not Mr. I love Discovery guy, right? But I'm going to support it because it's going to give me a kind of a card show. All right? So, like, I mean, like, it's that simple. It's the entertainment business, and this is how the business works, and it's proven successful. And it's, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a great point about it. It's a new platform, and and who knows? It could be 10 episodes, 13. He could come back for season two, maybe maybe more, and then all these spinoffs. So. I, you know, with all the, the news that came out a few weeks ago or whatever, you know, and trying to piece it all together, I mean, it it sounds like this is going to be eight episodes. So take that as you will. Yeah. I, I trust your opinion. You're usually right. I, it's just, you know, putting together the pieces. It, it only makes sense. Eight episodes. They said there's a miniseries, and then they said that there was a – it just – I forget. the But math, eight, eight episodes. I'm, I'm just saying. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, can, can we? Sorry, I, I just. Well, I, I was just gonna say we should probably talk about the people who are actually okay. making this show, 
Okay. Um, Alex Kurtzman. Uh, it, Bye, Amy. Bye, Amy. Bye, Amy. Bye, 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 guys. <laughs> we got busy social schedules here at the convention, okay? The, the, the people who I, I guess are creating it, um, Alex Kurtzman, uh, James Duff, who's the guy who they just brought on to help with, with Discovery, Akiva Goldsman, who you know worked on Discovery and also wrote Batman Forever, and he won an, an Oscar, too, for something that's not, not, that. not nearly as good. <laughs> um, Michael Chabon, Pulitzer Prize winner Michael Chabon, uh, who's also writing one of the, the short treks, uh, and Kirsten Beyer, and Kurtzman, Duff, Goldsman, Chabon, Stewart, Trevor Roth, Heather Caden, Rod Roddenberry are all executive producers for whatever that's Where worth. Where did this come from? Uh, they like released they stuff released. to the press. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah, and I think it's it's interesting because there's some. Uh, well, I guess pretty much all of those people have been involved in Discovery in one way or another, right, Mike? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. So I think that, and it'll be interesting to see who else gets involved because, you know, they announced Discovery and it was pretty much just Kurtzman and then they added more and more people, like who would be involved in this thing. But but I think, I'll say it again, I think the fact that someone like Kirsten Beyer is involved is important because I think that she may bring in some things that we've seen in the novels and I think she's a brilliant storyteller for the Voyager novels. Listeners, if you haven't read the Kirsten Beyer Voyager novels, you should because <laughs> they're amazing. <laughs> if you haven't, yeah. Even if you don't like Voyager, you will love them. But um, And I think that she's done some great work on Discovery and helping with the, the comics and the novels and all of that. So, like, I trust who they're, they're putting together for this thing, but, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty much the, the team from Discovery, but you'll have more. I don't know if you guys have thoughts of who's involved or who you'd like to see involved. Yeah, I, I want to ask you, like, and then you follow this up, like, as as the literary tricks guy, what if they did say, like, yeah, Star Trek Legends, none of this counts. How would you how would you feel about that? I would leave the franchise altogether <laughs> and just be done. No. Um, no, I've always been prepared for that. Yeah. I mean, every time I've read the novels and the, the storylines that have been going on, the continuity, I've always thought it may get overwritten someday I'm so I've already already been prepared for that but the beauty about Star Trek is there's always ways to work around that so you know you've got you know parallel universes or something somebody comes back in time and resets something or whatever I don't know there's so many different avenues you can go with with that but also that the novels are about a decade I have an ahead of Nemesis, and then this series is 20 years. So they could course correct and try to get to – it just depends where the, it goes. Um, but, yeah, I'm fine if it's a Legends. And, and being a Star Wars guy, too, I'm fine with different continuities in Star Wars, too. It doesn't matter either way to me. But one real quick thing about Kirsten Beyer is she has been recognized uh, for the work she's done on the Voyager novels that led to this series on Discovery and getting involved in that – I heard from things behind the scenes that there was a huge respect for her. I also heard recently that she was going to take on some kind of bigger role. I didn't know what it was. Now I know it's this series. So uh, there's a lot of great things with Kirsten Beyer. And as Justin and Brandon were saying, you know, the Voyager novels, if you haven't read them, if you read them, you'll totally get what I'm saying. You know, yeah, like, you know, Bruce here in charge of literary checks. Justin and I read a lot of the books as well. Like, I've got all of the novels myself, and, you know, it doesn't matter if these books are wiped out because they're still there and they're still great stories. There are so many inconsistencies in Star Trek's history yeah. 
that I that the books not being canon has never bothered me as a person who's read them since I've been a Star Trek fan. You know, that's it, it would never bother me if they wrote something else. You know, I pick and choose my things. They don't talk about it, but the Andorians have four genders. That's in my head, and that's in my head canon because that is an amazing addition that they added to the novels. Well, it's an you know, right? uh, it's no, it, what's mentioned briefly based on a reference, but they flesh it out a lot more than novels. Yeah, and they, they reference it briefly. Quark references it in. Uh, in a D Space Nine episode, he says, I hear Andorians mate in fours. That's all that it's said. And like the implication is he's, you know, he's I got this sex orgy Davis, program, Davis right? Said it in an episode, yeah, so, but they flushed it out and they yeah. interpreted that it was four genders, right? So, but yeah. Yeah, and, and like as a reader of the novels as well, I've always been prepared for things to be wiped out, but it would be great if they actually pulled forward some things that have happened in the novels as things from Picard's past to kind of build on. Yeah, there's no reason to contradict them, but they could also pull it forward and they could talk about it and that would encourage people hopefully to go back and read some of the novels. But but yeah, so, well, we've been talking about this for a while now, (laughs) which is great. I mean, it's like... Patrick Stewart says Jean-Luc Picard is back. There's no script. He's going to be different. And we've talked about it for an hour, which is awesome. But um, I, I actually wanted to see if like there are other themes or topics you guys wanted to talk about or if you want to just kind of wrap it up with final thoughts here. Yeah. All right. So. All right. So, uh, Mike, maybe you can go first with your final thoughts. I mean, I'm, ex- I'm super excited, and it was a, a great moment to, to witness. You know, I've never really seen anything like that before. So, uh, yeah, I'm just happy that I was here. Yeah, to go off of that, I think it's great. You know, I went out into the hall afterwards, and the fact that everybody that was in that theater was sharing in that excitement and sharing in the strong emotions that they were feeling all at the same time. I mean, how many people were in there? Uh, you know? At least 10 people were in there. Oh, yeah, at yeah. least 10 people. But so. At least the people in this room and a few more. Yeah. You know, and, and you ran into people, I ran into people in the hallway, and they're sharing that excitement. And it's just, you know, it's people I don't know, and they're like, oh my God, how amazing was that? And I said, that was absolutely wonderful. And we're all sharing in this collective joy. And because everyone was tweeting it as fast as their fingers could type, <laughs> it, it became a worldwide joy. I have friends who are not here, and they live in the UK, and they live elsewhere here in the States. And, and everyone else was responding with screams of joy and, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. And, and it became this big, not just here in Vegas, but it became a world thing that everyone is just so on board with this and we're all sharing in this moment together. It's amazing. I, it's the icing on my cake. I've already had an amazing week this week. Yeah, I often I have a cynical sense of humor, and I always I often make fun of like people like, oh my god, this is the most amazing news ever. But this really is, oh my god, this is the most amazing news ever. Like I I I don't begrudge anyone for freaking out about this. This is this is incredible stuff. And yeah, like like you were saying, yeah, like I've gotten some some uh, messages from from friends of mine. Like, hey, what's going on? Like, oh, I'm at the I have a friend who's like, as a as a columnist at Business Insider, and he's like, hey, I see you're at Vegas. What's what, what's your expert opinion on this? Because he knows that like you know I'm, I'm big into this, and it's it's become like a big time story with people. And that's I mean, Twitter like I'm surprised it didn't crash. Everybody's talking about Patrick Stewart because again, you know, Star Trek and the original series and the Next Generation, those are like the two pillars of Star Trek, you know, and and the greater pop culture, right? And um, 
I will say that if there was one, there's one negative thing because I'm the negative guy right here. There's one negative thing about this. I am like, I hope this is going to overshadow the D Space Nine 25th anniversary because that's what this, that is what this convention was supposed to be. Yeah. So I, until today. yeah, right. Today was great. It was great until today. And hey, we still got Far Beyond Stars and stuff tomorrow. And I'm looking forward to that. So I just, I'm thinking about them. Like everybody's like, the, what you're going to remember about this one is Patrick Stewart, as you should. I'm like, oh man, but it was D Space Nine's 25th anniversary. Unfortunately, with that, they've combined it with so much of the discovery which is great that it's over that's already overshadowed i think the fact that this is the deep space nine 25th anniversary i have a lot of friends who are kind of disappointed because deep space nine is their favorite and they're like okay well this is great we have all this discovery stuff but why does everything have to be deep space it's all discovery related so like the the backdrops for the, like the red carpet has both logos on it which is great but at the same time it's their anniversary year and it needed to be treated it thusly i think Right. It is. I, right. It is. Right. Yeah. Star Trek fans have a problem with living in the past, and <laughs> you know maybe we should be celebrating the new thing, even though I love Deep Space Nine. But here's the thing, though, right? And this is what I was thinking yesterday when they were saying like, "Well, Star Trek Deep Space Nine movie," and Iris Stephen Barrow's up there, and he's like, "We would all love to do it." There's no way in hell it's ever going to happen, and he's been saying that for the past five years. Now, that could very well be a reality okay that's not outside the realm of possibility anymore and that's because of this thing so yeah. everything's on the table now yeah everything's on the table now so we're gonna have you know voyager reunion everybody's gonna want to come back once a piece of it and you know i can't blame it. if, if the these action. piece of the action right if these continue to be successful why, this is what we were talking about for year in the in the fallow years right as, as nemichek calls them like why can't we have a direct to tv movie captain war or whatever right just little things but the uh, you know as you said the, the the format was not there now it's there and so this is this is just very exciting so I'm, I'm looking forward to it i have no um like yeah it'd be cool to see if he's an ambassador or whatever like like you said mike i don't care like i just want to see him doing his thing i have no like deal breakers in this in this game you know i'm just i'm getting to see john luke picard patrick stewart come back playing him you know 20 years after we thought we'd ever see him again so here's the thing with that i mean here's the real answer to that question right like they have an idea which is good enough to get Patrick Stewart to come back, right? Because he doesn't need this. Right. Yeah. So who the hell cares what it is? It's going to be something, hopefully, that none of us could ever possibly imagine. And it's going to be exactly what it should be. And there you go. So, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, that's – that's <laughs> there it is right there. We can keep going on and on. So we're going to keep around for final thoughts here. Yeah, I just need the next 20 minutes. Um <laughs> <laughs> No, my final thoughts, I, I'm very excited about the series, of course, and to see the return of Patrick Stewart to this role. Uh, I think the thing I'm most excited about is the possibility to do something very different than what we've seen before in Star Trek. That's the thing I've always liked about the novels and the comics, because you can deviate in different directions and approach things in different manners. And this... CBS All Access and the OTT platforms that we have out there allow us to do these types of things. And I think we're going to see something very different and uh, a challenge for the character and a challenge for our actor in this. And I'm not probably, for me, there hasn't been a void because I read the novels and stuff that these characters have lived on. And the next generation has been continuing on for me. So it's just like, oh, I'm getting more. It's just going to be on screen. So. That's what is exciting. I think it's just the possibilities of not just what this series can bring, but 
what it shows what could happen like we're saying the possibilities of ds9 or voyager or something that's related to those that could develop uh through this platform i go back to the first patrons roundtable that i was on way back i think it was patrons roundtable four or six or something like that and we were talking about what do we want out of star trek to the new show because we knew we had the announcement and that was it and i said i wanted an anthology show and that's what I've always wanted is an anthology show because Star Trek is so rich and there's so many corners of the universe that are unexplored. There's so many little nuggets that have been just dropped on the floor of like, you know, little events. We could have a we could have a Rachel Garrett series. We could have why what about the we have the Stargazer series. What what happened with uh, why can't we have the cloaking device? Right? You know, I know we have them all in the books. They've talked about all in the books, right? What of Lazarus? You know, but so take the mic. But but all I'm saying is that I've always said that we should have a an anthology series. And if we can have a show and a whole bunch of anthology series, that's better than I could have ever hoped. You know, and this is this is a dream come true. This is it. This is like 1993 all over again with the start of the wave right when I discovered my fandom at the end of 92 DS9 at 93 Generations Voyager and the wave just went this is that all over again and you know what I get to get to do this with my kids I get to get to I'm gonna get to do this with my kids like uh, it's a whole new thing that I get to share with the kids again I'm crying again, and I'm like, this is emotional. This is powerful. And I'm looking forward to sharing this. This is, this is great. You can find me on Twitter at Brad and Batella, and I don't cry. I don't cry when I tweet. And I, I'm looking forward to creating a new podcast based on this series that I'm going to host that your kids can listen to. Isn't that right, Justin? What would it be called? Earl Grey 2. I'm kidding. There's only one Earl Grey. I'm kidding. Oh, yeah, the E2O. Now, E2O. Me, me and Ken me and, you know, now Haley have been, this is easy, but just poking fun, like, hey, we have the one podcast that has new content, none of the other shows do. <laughs> like, nope, no more of that. So I'm, exci- I'm excited that Earl Grey gets to share in the new content. So. Well, oh, go ahead. Just one last thing. Someone, uh, another writer asked Ted Sullivan if, uh, uh, Kirsten Byer was writing it, and he said, yep, she created it. So does that mean she was the sole creator? Because he said it was the brainchild thing, but I don't know. There you go. Whatever. That's pretty great. (laughs) She's one of the creators, at least. Well, yeah, I mean, I know we've talked about a lot of different dimensions, but I think one of the things that, like, I'm super excited about, I mean, not only that it's Picard and it's Patrick Stewart and all of that, is that like I said, I love Discovery, but when they announced a new show, I wanted it to take place in the 24th century or after to kind of push things forward because my favorite shows, TNG and Deep Space Nine, are in the 24th century. So this is really exciting because this is going to be the first show to premiere with Star Trek content that takes place 
like you know at the same time or after what's come before since voyager launched in 1995 which was 23 years ago so it's been a long time for that i mean and also like i mean i think one of the things that's that's happened is you know the kelvin timeline takes place in the 23rd century discovery takes place in the 23rd century that's great i love it but this is a way to to really continue and show our love for the stuff in the 24th century that stopped you know 16 years ago it may be the 25th century i'm saying it's 2399 but whatever 24th 25th century but something other than the 23rd century which in a certain way it's felt like we've gotten some great stuff but it's been stuck there right and it's like oh that's all we can go back to but there's this recognition which i love that the next generation and the 24th century stuff is beloved and there's lots and lots of people that want to see more of it so that's one of the things that it excites me quite a bit um so you gave your information on on uh, social media should i go around and everybody can give their information and then we'll really wrap up or I'm on Twitter at Brandon Metella. You can find me here on the network with Melodic Treks, which is all about the music of Star Trek, which will now have a whole bunch of more new music, yay. And yeah, more music, music right? more music. Yeah, yeah so uh, yeah, Cliff Eidelman, we're, we're, we're calling your name here, Cliff Eidelman. And uh, we also have a show called Warp 5, which is all about Star Trek Enterprise. And you can find me over on the Fandom Podcast Network uh, with my friends Chris and Tom, where we have a show called Good Evening, an Alfred Hitchcock podcast. And coming up starting August 19th, my good friend Zach, Moore from Standard Orb and I are doing an 11 episode miniseries called Halloween H4O and we're going all over the Halloween films so that's not even a joke we actually are it's our we've got four episodes recorded so we got some great guests Mike's gonna be on John Mills has been on already so we got some great stuff coming so Bruce well I think it was mentioned before that I did literary tricks with Dan Gunther who had to leave the room to go read something uh, <laughs> I, I need to do that after this. I've read it already. So yeah, I'm on Literary Treks. Also, uh, when Discovery's got new episodes out, I've been doing Live from the Edge with Brandy Jackala. Uh, so we'll see if that keeps we keep doing those. I don't know. We haven't talked about it lately because we don't have the new episodes yet. And then uh, Star Wars related. You know, I do the Star Wars report, but we're used to surprises like this at conventions. And every time I'd go to Star Wars Celebration, I'm like, man, I wish they would do this with Star Trek. This was that moment, and I'm so glad that happened. Thank you for convincing Alex Kurtzman to do that. Alex called me. He said, what should I do? I said, bring, bring Patrick Stewart in, and let's do this. <laughs> and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex. All righty, well, Zach here. You can find me on Twitter at MoronZach, M-O-O-R-E-O-N-Z-A-C-H. I'm the host of Standard Orbit. You find us here every week on Trek FM, and uh, also the host of my own podcast, Always Alone Smallville. You can find us on Twitter at Always Smallville with one S. And just thinking about you know, giving my uh, Twitter info. Like the only thing, the only thing I could think of that would get me this excited, uh, you know, Patrick Stewart coming back as as uh, Captain Picard would be if they announced like Smallville revival coming back. Oh, Tom yes. Tom Welling's gonna be Superman and all that. That will never happen. I've accepted that. Unless but, it's on CBS All Access. Yeah, CBS All Access. <laughs> Take all the money, CBS All Access. So anyway, uh, yeah, that, I'm thinking about my fan and I'm like, honestly, like that's the only other thing I would be more excited about than this. So uh, awesome. Uh, it, it's great. And then last thing. I'm great. We all got to share in this like moment together, like you know, because this is this is a this is a seminal Star Trek moment. Like I said, we will be seeing this moment in documentaries and clips for years to come, and I'm glad we got to experience it and talk about it together. All right, so uh, yeah, you can find me on Standard Orbit with Zach and Ken, and uh, if you're looking to find me, you can find me in the Babel Conference, but you can also find me on Twitter at Trekkie01D. 
super fun over there. Uh, I can't guest occasionally on some other stuff, and uh, you can also see me talking about my love for Orphan Black. Uh, you can find me on uh, a, a show called uh, Film Damage uh, at filmdamagepod.com where uh, me and my friend Max uh, talk mainly about film projection unless there's Star Trek news, in which case we talk about that. Yeah, I've already been, you know, we already, we called this at the end of our last episode. You can hear me say this exact thing. Someone, anyway. Um, So, yeah, and, but, yeah, and we talk about things like the aspect ratio of the new season of Discovery and all that good stuff. So, two, three, nine to one anamorphic lenses. So, yeah, uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Mumbles3K. I'm sorry, real quick. Uh, Dan and I covered the book news that was announced, and that episode of Literary Treks is already out, if you want to hear that. I'm sorry, that got overshadowed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. That's cool. Yes, no, there was exciting book news to actually get more novels after a bit of a, a drought, so yeah. that's on the past Literary Treks. So Amy had to, to leave, unfortunately, earlier. You can find her on Twitter at Miss Amy Nelson, and she hangs around the Babel Conference and would love to talk to you there. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at TrekFan4747, where I tweet about nothing but Star Trek. I think I said in a previous Earl Grey that if uh, Patrick Stewart was coming back to Star Trek, you could like hear the shout around the world. And if you did, that was me. Oh, no, that was like thousands of people. Um, you can also find me hanging around the Babel Conference on Facebook. So thank you, listeners, to listening to this supplemental episode that is just as long as a regular Earl Grey episode. Thank you for sticking with us. Hope you're as excited about the news as we are. And I will close out with a phrase that uh, seems appropriate and that I sometimes use at the end of Earl Grey. Things are only impossible until they're not. Mm -hmm.